It's not the length podcast. Rest, recover, rise with 4-5 CBD oil. The world's first certified 0% THC CBD oil. It's not the length podcast. Saw him kissing her at a party. Oh. And that, that, oh, man, break, break my heart. The Hawaiian in black shorts. That's sort of every lineup in the world. Welcome to It's Not The Length Podcast, I'm Paul Evans. And I'm Ben Mundy. Ben, I'm at my home, the European office of Wavelength Magazine in Capriton, South West France. You're joining down the line from the UK. Are you on a coronavirus lockdown? No, I'm flying out to the Alps tomorrow to go snowboarding. Uh, Flying in the face of all uh, medical opinion. Yeah, we can talk about that a bit later, actually. We'll, we'll contrast that with what I'm doing at the weekend, uh, which is saving the planet. But hey, you know, just, just different vibes for different tribes. Um, what the what the viewer can't see, because I've actually got a FaceTime leg, is you sort of rolled your eyes then. with a, <laughs> Almost as if you've heard, heard this sort of trope before. I, I have, yeah, and um, I, I can feel it coming. I was bracing myself for the... Uh... In- inevitable onslaught, but mm. uh, let's, let's play that real positive, fun stuff for the end, shall we? Yeah. So you're you're flying this weekend, but some people aren't, and we got some we got some coronavirus news. It's affecting the QS Ben, which is when it really starts to hurt. Crewy has gone to the five thousand in Indo coming up in May. That's cancelled. Um, there's a small event in Japan cancelled and fresh in off the wires this morning. Evans very much finger on the pulse of European surfing. Nick Loire uh, WhatsApped me to say that Israel, so the Netanya Pro, the 3000, apparently Israel is barring non-resident French people from entering. Don't know if that's coronavirus related or just, you know, it's the sort of general policy, but... That's just a good idea. I saw in Australia that's gone a bit crazy. The um, A man got stung, uh, tasered. Uh, there's been a bit of a run on uh, toilet paper in Australia. Some of the advice was if you had to self-quarantine, that would take two weeks. And if you're in quarantine for two weeks, that means you would run out of toilet paper. And so people in Australia have been going to the shops. And you're now there's literally no toilet paper left. The guy, yeah, it was so incensed and got so aggressive that they had to taser them. Cool, cool. What else is happening in the server? What news have you got for us, Ben? My big news, I had a um, chat yesterday to Alex Patello um, from Portu- uh, the Portuguese surfer who um, had that serious incident in Nazare when we were there last time. I think, obviously, um, full-time fans of the podcast would have heard our sort of Nazare debrief direct from the rock. Oh, thousands um, did, has- mate. Most, most downloaded, most played pod ever. There you go, there you go. So, um, and then, yeah, it's been a bit quiet since then. I was teed up by the WSL to have a chat. Um, I'm probably breaking all sorts of embargoes actually talking about this right now. But the upshot is that uh, Alex is at home. Um, he's he's recovering. He had a perforated lung, and that meant he had 15 extra days in hospital due to the threat of bacteria and the water in his lungs. But that's um, all been fixed. And, um, yeah, he's just got three months now he reckons of just sort of relaxing and and the lung actually healing and he's gonna start training and aim to get back into the big waves as soon as he can the medical report which is they obviously do some type of test where the the oxygen flow stops and they said it was 10 minutes that he was lacking oxygen and it's an absolute sort of miracle that he didn't have any brain damage and they're sending off all the reports to the 
various research stations around Portugal to such an interesting case, but he's all fine in that regard. Uh, what other news? Oh, we might get to um, a, um, I had a sort of little rundown to the Bristol, the wave. You did, week. didn't you, Ben? Um, yeah, you, you went and shattered the wave. How'd you go? I did all right. I got a few waves. I mean, I was absolutely knackered. Um, we had two one-hour sessions with some of um, Britain's finest surfers. So, so um, let's just... Let's kind of peek up the skirt of Monday's life as a freelance content creator. A lot of people have been have been moaning a bit about the cost to go and surf the wave. Am I right in thinking you got paid to go and surf the wave, Ben? That's right, Paul. I mean, how much uh, do you get? How much do you get, Monday? You know, I, we always talk about footballers. How much they get? How much do you get to go and surf the wave? What'd you make? Uh, um, you know, I mean, it was it was a bit more of a not my usual day rate. Eight hundred quid. Before tax? No, no, nowhere near that type of six fifty sums. But it was enough. I mean, I left. I left my home at five in the morning and got got back at um sort of nine or ten o'clock at night. So it was a long day. Oh, bless you. Um, but yeah, the, the main point being is um we went there and we t- actually was involved in a bit of a board tempting <laughs> experience, which I'm not sure is quite up my alley. But I rode. Yeah, I mean, I think probably you get. Uh, 13 waves or so in an hour. I think there's 13 sets, and you can sometimes you can catch two in a set if you're lucky. But by the end of it, I was so knackered I could hardly paddle. So it wasn't a case of like wanting more. I was just needing a rest. But I really enjoyed the experience, to be honest. Well, we might get onto that a bit later and uh, some of the good goods and bads because um, yeah, it, it had a bit of an impact on on me and. It's, it's obviously where surfing's headed, so I'm sure we can dissect that a bit Did, later on, Paul. What, what you're saying is you feel that you, you 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 were good value for your 250 quid. Is that what you're saying? You put a lot you put a lot into it. I think it was. A, I think I provided a, an extremely good service for the money I was paid, and um, and yeah, I, I think the return on investment is going to be pretty huge. <laughs> okay, good good shit. Um, Elsewhere, what else we've got coming up in the show? We've got, well, lots of things to talk about. We're going to go through our good bads. We've obviously got the return of social media police. And I think someone might have completed. We might even be shutting down the unit after today's news. And we're also coming back to the quiz. The classic quiz to play out the show between Evans and Monday. And I can let you in on um, a little bit of topic news for that one. Um, You've chosen the topic of Nazare. That's your specialist subject, Mundy. I've gone with the life and times of Damien Hardman, two-time world champ. I'm really looking forward to getting the quiz going again. Let's just remind folk, they can get in touch with the show. They can tweet us at Wavelength Mad. They can send us a DM on Instagram or Facebook, drop us an email, editor at wavelengthmag.com. Enjoy this trip. Enjoy this trip. And it is a trip. Okay, Mandy, well, let's keep things on the positive tip, as is our way. What have you got that's good? Well, back to that yeah, little Bristol experience. Um, Please. That was, that was good. Please. Um, I said... Uh, Luke Dillon, sort of probably UK's well highest rated QS surf and a, and a lovely man. Angus Scottney, who's a Cornish ripper. Uh, he's, a, he's a funny guy and a good surfer. Um, and me, who 
spot the odd man out there. But um, one thing I took from it is that, and I'd like to get your take on this, Paul, for once. But um, sort of the lineup etiquette in the in the tubs. These these basins are gonna are gonna happen. I don't know if you've ever done it in a public environment, but you basically all there's ten of you in a in a session. In my session, there was guys of varying abilities. Um, you, you know, you Luke Dillon's best in England. Um, your forty eight year old fellas like me that used to be able to surf, uh, still think they can. Um, and then sort of varying degrees down, sort of almost intermediate guys. Um, and we're all together, and you, you, after each wave, you paddle back out. There's a tiny little sort of triangle where you sit and wait, and basically you just sit and wait, you get your turn, and then you paddle up to the mark and you take off. But it's all so regulated in that you get your turn, that's it. Sometimes these sort of kooks, guys, are sort of, paddling and missing away, which is only 13 in the set, so that gets you a bit sort of on edge and then they might fall off and that means that you can't take off. But unlike the normal sort of lineup where you can snake people or you can, not snake people, but you can actually use your ability to get more ways over people with less ability, that doesn't happen in this environment. So these guys, everyone just gets the same standard. Now it's awesome for those. I mean, the guy that, that could hardly paddle and was taking off and Luke Dillon was behind him, but they get absolutely equal right to the way they paid the coin. So, you know, it's this weird kind of egalitarian lineup vibe. And even if you did sort of get the urine of froth on or you wanted to snake someone, there's like a lifeguard with a whistle like perched about one metre directly above you calling you up. So I don't know if that's going to um, sort of, you know, all these guys that just surf in the pool all the time take that etiquette to the ocean and think that they, you know, that's, what, that's the way it should be or... Eventually, we'll just become the survival of the fittest in the pool. Mm, I wonder, you mentioned there was a lifeguard there kind of blowing a whistle, and particularly at you, and telling you, no, no, it's not your turn. I wonder if there's a future for maybe hiring those kind of people um, and getting them to come and police surf spots. You can maybe take them on your trip, take them on your boat trip. We could take them on the commentary boat trip. And you just have someone kind of floating who does an independent sort of adjudicator. Maybe there's a future in that. My dad, Colin proposed that theory about 20 years ago when we, I first started surfing and he, he didn't surf and he was trying to understand how it works. He's got an analytical mind. He was like, well, this is ridiculous. You need some, You need a referee. I mean, <laughs> and so he proposed something that someone out there, on a, like he said, he wanted to go in a goat boat, some type of law enforcement agency, making sure that everyone uh, played by the rules. <laughs> it, it, it would have to be someone everyone respected though, wouldn't it? So you'd almost, you'd need, you kind of, a sort of rent a sort of Hawaiian heavy or some kind of heavy, do you know what I mean? It's sort of generally respected. Like if you go in Kenya, for example, if you're sort of out and about in Kenya, the, the Masai Mara guys, they can cut, they go anywhere in the country, even they go into the city, but they wear their, their Masai gear, you know, they're wearing the kind of red rug and they got the stick. You almost need a Hawaiian in black shorts, sort of every lineup in the world. And I don't know if they're on a goat boat or on an outrigger canoe or stand up and they make the call, you know, and you've got some big burly guy with sort of kawaii boys tattoo across his chest. And he's kind of like, Oh, yo, fuck off. Wait. And kind of pointing out, I like it. I like it a lot. That's a good idea. Colin, Colin, me thinking along the same lines. I see. Yeah. Colin had ahead of his time in the surf world. Classic Col. Paul, mm. what have you got that? Dane Reynolds. What about him? Do you like Dane? Yeah. I like Dane. I don't like Dane. Fucking love Dane Monday and he's back, mate. Marine Layer is back. I saw it on the internet. I read it on Stab. Marine Layer is coming back and my God, do we need it back. Our top surfers, our Medinas, 
our Italo Ferreiras, our brother Andinos. They don't really do clips anymore, do they? They don't really do much filming. They're all about the tour. They're strictly biz. We don't really have anyone putting great clips out. And Dane announced via his Instagram, apparently, that uh, Marine Lair is going to come back, which is great, great news. We do have some people doing their, their sort of vlogs, don't we? You know, you think of, I'm going to keep doing the plural thing, like Ron Atkinson, your Mason Hose and your Jamie O'Brien's, but it gets a bit kind of gimmicky. You know, the thing with Dane's Marine Lair, why it's so cool, just amazing surfing from him. He's a unique talent. There's been a Dane-shaped hole in the surf world for, what, five years or so now, so that's great news. Can't wait for that to come back. That might sort of rekindle my, at times, troubled relationship with content on the internet. However, I'll just nuance the good with um, one of the worst things I've ever read. Uh, Stab finished off their article. I'll just read it out, last paragraph. While we have you, this is, I'm just reading it. While we have you, go look at the new former range. Tell me you don't yearn, which is italicized, to be fucking cool enough to wear the Hunt NYC leather jacket for jacket. They just put JKT. They just dropped. I mean, if there's one thing that really gets me, it's when hoodies drop. The new line drops. Uh, sorry, I'll carry on. Also, for every yellow former beanie they sell from now on, we'll hide three of our editor-in-chiefs. Incidentally, editor-in-chiefs has, uh, has got an apostrophe um, for some reason, in funny places and post the treasure hunt on our personal Instagrams. Yuck. Yuck. Cat, cat sick in my mouth. Um, yeah, that's not cool. But Dane's um, back, mate. Let's keep it positive. Dane's back and we need him. How old is Dane? 30-something? Is he still surfing? Because Marine, Marine Layer was different, but it was all just about... Nah, he's good. He's still good, man. I watched, surfing. I watched good. a couple of those board test things and fucking hell. I sort of forgot how good he was and how different those sort of wrapping, sort of carving top turn hacks. Me. Nah, he's, he's still good, man. Don't you worry about that, Mundy. Righto, settle down. Ben. What else have you got? You know I love the QS. You and me both. We've been saying it for probably like, well, I don't know, a good five years that the QS is kind of the new CT. Um, and not just because of the the really poor cereals you get in the mornings or or the fact that you get to, to surf with, you know, 150 uh, 24-year-old frothers in, on the bank next to the, you know, to the, to the comp area. It's just, it's where surfing's at. And I reckon this year, the waves that they've been getting, I know the CT hasn't been on, which does help the comparison somewhat, but um, they've been getting some pretty awesome waves on the, on the, Q, on the QE. And uh, did you see on Monday, uh, Newcastle, again, a bit close to my heart, it's my hometown, um, was absolutely firing. Like, Merriweather, like, as good as it gets, it's absolutely perfect waves. It's been good all week, but that day was absolutely on fire. And just seeing, like, you know, QS event, like when we when we scored Azores last year, like six to eight foot and absolutely as good as it gets. Uh, days like Newey when it's perfect and, the, and those those QS guys get a um, get to unleash. I just think it really makes warms the cockles of my heart. Paul, mm-hmm. you know, anything else that is? Yeah, good news last week from Australia, wasn't it, about the fight for the bites at Equinor? 
getting um, it's getting sent. You know, to use the sort of Scottish parlance, tea think again, weren't they? They were sent packing. Is that good though, Ben? Is that good? Seems good, doesn't it? But is it though? Wow. Anyone want to uh, read my musings on that topic? There's a brilliant feature by me called False Dawn Patrol. Uh, all about uh, the Equinor sort of victory from the surf community. And just a bit of background, a bit of context about oil drilling in general, which obviously, you know, people such as yourself who are well-researched journalists will know offshore oil drilling in 2020 will be up 5% globally around the world. So, you know, contrasted in the background of, of Equinor not drilling in the bite, there's a lot of oil coming out in the ground a lot of places. And I just put a little bit of context in um, and also how to sort of carry over that brilliant energy from an awesome campaign run by Doherty and how the surf community can kind of keep that mobilization and and, and what it can do next. Uh, check it out, Wavelength False Storm Patrol. Great piece, great title. Um, I'm really pleased with it. Yeah, yeah, I read that. Yeah, it made some valid points. Did you read um, it? Yeah, I read it. I did like Sean O's follow-up to um, his piece on that after it had all been... Yeah, you know, all the celebrations, blah, blah, blah. But he, he did do that next post about trying to say how they can invite Equinor back. You know, they're a, a leader in the transition to away from fossil fuels, albeit a, a tiny percent of their whole budget. But someone's got to do it, and they're better at it than most in terms of... And he was like, yeah, come back down. Let's let's work on ways to, to develop the solar and wind farm. He was sort of inviting them back yeah. as a way of break this... As a circuit breaker, like trying to um, find ways, as you said, find solutions to to, to transition away. But um, yeah, no, read the article, make your own mind up. There's some good points in there, Paul. Australia's Paul, set to become the biggest producer of liquid natural gas, overtaking Qatar in 2020. So there's a bit of context for you. Um, yeah, I get all that, but that's that's systematic. That's I mean, that's inbuilt political and you know, commercial will that is hard to, I mean, so hard to break down. And the fact that the Australian surf community galvanise themselves to break down and chip off a tiny bit of that block, I think is worth celebrating for sure. Yeah, I agree. Definitely worth celebrating and also not celebrate the fact that the 5% increase forecast for this year means doubling the whole thing within 15 years. That's what, for fans of APR, that's what a 5% year-on-year increase is. It means... Everything we're doing now will be doubled in just 15 years at that rate, at the current rate. So just temper your celebrations with that. Or in the words of what I really want to say in the article, in the words of Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction, well, let's not start each other's just yet. Ben, let's, uh, let's flip the other side of the coin. going to talk about some more dead dolphins Monday unfortunately I don't want to I don't want to have to talk about them but I'm gonna to have to uh, last year was a record-breaking year for dolphin bycatch caused by drift net fishing in Bear Biscay uh, we've already exceeded it this year 600 dead in the first two months of 2020 uh, bear in mind of course that that's represents less than 10% of the, the total killed most of them sink um, that's bad news that's people that eat fish that's you to blame for that, people like you. Uh, what are we doing about it? I'll tell you what I'm doing about it, Ben. Because when you're going off skiing this weekend, 
I'm getting the Evanses, all of them, and the dog, I'm getting in the camper van, I'm driving up to La Rochelle to go and visit the Sea Shepherd boat, Sam Simon, and particularly its captain, Thomas Lucas, who I'm going to do an interview with. And I'm going to go and support Sea Shepherd and give them the oxygen of publicity that they need to do Keep Fighting the Good Fight, which is they are out there getting in amongst the fishermen, stopping them from hurting the dolphins. Uh, instead, it might just add that I'm still on the same tank of diesel uh, in the transporter, but I will probably have to put some in to get up to La Rochelle. But yeah, last, uh, last put gas in on the 2nd of January, mate. So still on the first tank for the year. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah there's a couple of points there. <laughs> wow, and I was there to stay with you. You took out the front seat, so it was immobilised for about three of those weeks as you... Yeah, we don't because we don't drive it. Yeah, we don't need it. Go by bike, mate. I thought you were about to say that you're about to drive up to La Rochelle and get a, like, a SeaWorld equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphin. Uh, you... Really good point. You go skiing. Yeah. You you have your fun. You you fuck the planet. I'll just be saving it, mate, with with Tomo Lacoz. And I look. I mean, and also the publicity when you do that article, and you get the forty four hits. Be <laughs> huge. What else you got this bad? On more important matters, um, I recently did a new power couple piece. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, Paul. Um, I think I've done an average. Uh, of two a year, you know, surfing power couples, two a year since 2012. Um, we're talking about my sort of body of Rod Cunthorpe articles, but I think this might be my finest body of work, something I'm sort of most proud of, really, in terms of um, just high-impact sort of journalistic analysis. But anyway, a, a bit of an apology, just in the, in the latest one, I forget who that went to and... Uh, you know, who, who I got paid for it, but it, it didn't was it, it the, went somewhere. Was it the Atlantic or the New Yorker? Um, yeah, was, I think it was the Athletic. Was yeah, yeah. Um, I included Alyssa, uh, Alyssa Quizon and Chow at Valley, uh, and uh, they were engaged last April. Uh, so it, was, it seemed fairly, fairly legit. I mean, I didn't, you know, troll too heavily. I just, they've been going out for about 10 years have been a staple you know I can just cut and paste I didn't really need to do much thing but anyway I just found out that uh, I think just before that article was announced she split up with uh, with poor old uh, Kyo and uh, she's going out with a um, MMA fighter Max Holloway so yeah I just you know I feel bad for a bit of poor journalistic kind of research there and um, yeah shout out to, to, to Kyo as well because that's not cool that, that, that wouldn't have helped his situation um I mean, she looks a bit different this year, doesn't she, Paul? I think she may have had um, some work done on her, ch- on her chesticles, um, which is irrelevant. But I just felt for, 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 for Kaiowi's, you know, girlfriend comes out, she gets some new boobs, and then sure enough, he's 10 years on the hanging out, and he's done and done and dusted. So I, anyway, that's, I'm, that's my bad. Man, I'm, I'm looking at that differently. I think that's, that's a good... For Kaya's point of view, and you know, personally, I, you know, and I've checked into the Heartbreak Hotel you know, many years ago. Now, I produced some of my best art. You know, it really, it really brought me closer to my art, and I think we're going to see some of his best surfing. And I think it's exactly, exactly what he needed. He's had a bit of a shocker with Medina, and I think you know, getting heartbroken, if if that's the case. I mean, we don't know, but I think it could be great for him. Ben, have you, you know, have you, you've been in a heartbreak situation? Do you, did you, did it bring out the best in your writing or 
or surfing or just general the best version of you? I well, I mean, it's a fair, I've been fairly lucky in the in the heartbreak regard. <laughs> I do the Swedish um, exchange student that I fell in love with. She came out to Redhead from from uh, <laughs> from Stockholm. It was like some type of alien being being beamed into our our world down there in Newcastle, and I fell head over heels. And then um, I do remember I sort of got, I sort of just I got I made the classic Monday mistake of they used to call me Diamonds, the girl's best friend. I sort of got in the friend zone pretty heavily, although I loved her. And um, yeah, then I saw my you know our mate Maddo, a long time caller. He uh, I saw him kissing her at a party. And oh. that, that, I mean, Break, break my heart and I, I don't know if I retreated to an artistic space I just went home and cried to my mum um, after that six twist tops of VB so it, it kind of you know I, I, can, I can feel you know Kaya's pain you couldn't, even, I, I, you couldn't even punch him because he's a professional rugby player <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't even punch him yeah that would have added literal injury to insult <laughs> it's not the length podcast Okay, well, it's time to go and hear from the spiritual home of Wavelength. It's New King Cornwall. It's home of Europe's finest surfing beaches. And it's also home to Wavelength editor, Luke Gartside. How are you going, Luke? Hey, Paul. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Tickety-boo. How's the waves in New King? Uh, it's been howling onshore for about three weeks up here on the north coast. Um, it's scoured out all of the beaches, so basically there's just a massive hole in the sand where Fistal Beach used to be, but it doesn't matter anyway, because uh, there's never any waves on there that are rideable, so uh, not great to answer your question. <laughs> okay, um, tell us, are there any fantastic subs offers, and also, when can we look forward to reading the new magazine? Uh, yes, there's better news when it comes to the subs offers, we've teamed up with our friends at Origin Coffee. Um, who are the best coffee roasters around, to offer you two free bags of premium Wavelength X-Origin beans when you subscribe to a magazine. Um, we've also still got a few chilies bottles left, which means you can get a free chili bottle or two free bags of beans when you drop 20 quid on two issues of the magazine. Um, and you can expect the next issue in mid-May, which will be the summer edition. So, um, yeah, exciting stuff this set. You've been out and about riding on the storm, or rather shooting it. You've been out and around in Ireland, I believe. What's been happening? Yeah, that's right. I nipped over to Ireland for a big swell. Got to see um, some of the local boys and some of the implants charging at Eileen's and Riley's, which was pretty sick. Um, I caught up with Taz Knight while I was over there, who's been uh, putting the time in at Mully, especially over this winter, and got him to talk me through his worst wipeout that he's ever encountered out there. And it's a pretty hectic story, so I think we're going to roll the audio of that now. It was like a second wave of the set. Yeah. Like on, on Mully, when you have those second waves of the set, the first wave pushes loads of water down into the reef and you get these crazy boils that are just really, really difficult to deal with, especially on your backhand. And you can actually see in that clip, like my board actually gets like, like air over one of those boils as I'm trying to bottom turn. Uh, like there's like 10 like massive boils in the face as I'm trying to bottom turn up the wave <laughs> and it just it just meant I kind of mistimed the bottom turn a bit so I just got dragged like a tiny bit high up on the wave and because it because it sucks so hard like when it hits that sort of gutter section like if you're if you're not in exactly the right spot coming off the bottom you can just get sucked over so easily and I just got like drawn higher and higher up in the wave as the lip came over and eventually just got pinged up and just 
slingshotted round with the lip and just slammed down into the pit of the wave um and i like i must have fallen from like you know a good two or three meters up and just got whacked down straight onto my chest um and it just knocked the wind out of me and like like you know rattled my head quite badly yeah and then obviously got drilled down sucked back over the falls you can actually kind of see it go black for a second as i get pushed down and then blue for a second as i get drawn back over and then black again as i get slammed back down into the depths sucked so deep and my ears kind of perforated a bit so i was then like disorientated from that and then after you know like 20 seconds or something of getting thrown around i finally managed to come up but I didn't even get a breath in before that next little wave just like smashed straight into me. But like, oh. luckily for me, it was, it was just like a tiny little one. I came straight back up. Yeah. But you can kind of hear in the clip because the GoPro's in my mouth. Mm. You can hear the first breath I breathe in is like at like the forty seconds mark of the clip. But that 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 wasn't like forty seconds underwater. It was only like I don't know twenty five seconds underwater or something. But yeah. it was still like enough that I kind of came up seeing stars and because I'd hit my head as I was coming down and perforate my eardrums a bit I was just my head was just flipping like in circles it was so weird it was like I, I, I can remember just like trying to like look at the horizon but like like I kept like juddering like I don't know I couldn't fix my gaze on anything it was yeah. like just flipping flipping uh-huh. and Peter Comroy came in the ski to try and grab me mm. but because I because I couldn't even, like, focus on the horizon. I couldn't even, like, I couldn't focus on him to get to him. So mm. I, I, there was just no way I could make it to the ski. So he had to circle around, and I had to take another wave on the head, and then finally managed to, like, clear my head enough to actually grab hold of the ski. Shit, man. <laughs> um, smart. But, and then Peter dragged me out, and it was fine. But it was, it was, it was one of those ones, like, after, after sort of, like, 20 minutes sat in the channel, I'd sort of shaken off the, like, the seeing stars and I felt fine but like it was definitely a pretty violent wipeout <laughs> yeah fuck it looks it that's mental it's not the length top UK charger Taz Knight there telling us about horrific wipeout at Mallemore Luke while we still got you down the line uh, what have you got lined up for the rest of the day a lot of people take a different approach to cross training yeah? some like the jujitsu some like to um, hit big tractor tyres with a sledgehammer I think you're going down the local sports centre what's going on mate yeah, that's right. I'm going to play a bit of badminton later, Paul. Got to keep the uh, fitness up when the waves are down. But mixed doubles or what's? Uh, no men's doubles. It's going to be four men playing badminton together in small shorts, just sheltering from the wind and the rain. We can't all emigrate to the south of France, unfortunately. So uh, I've got to make do with the tungsten glow of the Newquay Sports Hall to uh, <laughs> yeah to shelter from the elements. Are you a are you a kind of a baseline overhead smash guy? Are you, are you quick at the net? I can't. I sort of can't picture I'm, you doing either. I'm quick at the net. No, you've got me all wrong there because I'm only quick at the net. I've actually got no smash at all, truth be told. But um, I can play quite a precise drop shot just over the net. So uh, yeah, that's my speciality. Thanks for asking. Get your trousers on. You're nicked. You have the right to remain silent. DCI Evans, social media branch. Constable Monday, reporting for duty. You're nicked.
your trousers on. All right, Mandy. Well, social media police. Um, well, it's been a rich vein down the episodes. Um, more so for you these days, or you're more got your finger to the pulse. Obviously, you're producing World Surfly Surf Break Show. You're regularly trawling social media. I'm, you know, not really on it so much these days. I have a little dabble here or there, but I think. We think the department may be getting wound up. We think badges and guns might be getting turned in because I believe a kind of sort of celebrity stroke bikini influencer stroke recent wife from the land down under uh, might have completed social media police. What's happened, Ben? Yeah, we're talking about um, yeah ripping up the wires, basically, taking down the taps. It's, it's all over. Yeah, the, the Paul Fisher, uh, surfer, now DJ, um, recently married his long-term girlfriend, Chloe Chapman, um, who is actually, incidentally, uh, sister to Cooper Chapman, but that's beside the point. So, yeah, they had a big um, sort of wedding in uh, Bali. It was kind of like, imagine the sort of Kardashians meets the Mad Hueys kind of a vibe. Um, and so the build-up was... Fisher and Chloe just going absolutely mental with all the boys and girls, you know, partying hard as they do. The day after was like the typical, like, um, you know, they were at some honeymoon place, like drinking beers and on the infinity pool. They were, you know, best, you know, the, the love of my life, the wildest ride ever. And then suddenly I saw a photo of Chloe and others, sort of like a Bali kind of um, outfits in some type of ceremony. And I, I read the post and it, it started off. Um, and this is from, from, from Chloe Chapman, now Chloe Fisher. She goes, with tears running down my face, Grandma travelled to Australia to Bali to watch me, her eldest and grandchild, to walk down the aisle on behalf of her and my papa, who was unfit for travel. This past week has truly been one of the happiest weeks of her life. I mean, I'm going to question that, but anyway. Spending it with her nearest and dearest, a smile on her face, with one I will never forget. So all good so far. She's left the obviously sick... Uh, granddad behind she's traveled to bali then this is literally the next sentence unfortunately yesterday she took a turn and we were unable to get her to hospital in time before she her, her beautiful body let go whoa whoa, whoa. so I, mean, I can't imagine everyone's partying everyone's having the time of their life and the poor old granny <laughs> taking a turn no doubt in a single fin pool or something who knows what was going on um, anyway, so she's, she's tied the poor thing, which is not, it's not funny, I mean. But anyway, next line. Today, with the help of Ty Buddha, our friend in yours, Paul, we had a Balinese ceremony to set her spirit free. It was honestly one of the most beautiful things I've been a part of, and I cannot thank our friends and family who are present enough. Right. So this is good content, isn't it, Paul? This is like, this is good Instagram content. She's kind of monetizing the, the uh, poor old death of granny. Cut to the next day. I'm keeping a close hand on this by now, Paul. I'm, I'm all over this. And next one, those two, Grandma, forever my guardian angel. Thank you for doing this for my family. Islands of the Gods, Inc. Hashtag a tattoo of one. And so what it is, they've all like her and Fish and six others. There's a tattoo of uh, 11.11, all on their sort of, in, you know, as they do on their wrists. Which I looked up, and according to numerology, is, is, is a master number, which signifies intuition, insight, and enlightenment. Which, given what had just gone down over the last few days, pretty ironic, I must admit. So she's anyway, in, in the middle of that, she's also managed to give a shout-out to the uh, 
to the, to the tattoo parlor in Bali, a bit of a, a commercial kind of plug. And then, um, and then just in between all that, you got Fisher like posting clips about him playing at the lawn that night, going, "Come on, la, 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 la. come to the have the best night of your life." So I was just, I just watched this unfold. It was just a, it was pure social media police. I mean, we needed to bring in some type of SWAT team, Paul, to shut this shit down. It was, I think, of all the sort of, you know, violations we've covered, this, this, this had it all. It had the poor celebrity angle, it had the dead granny, it had the cashing in, it had the content. So, yeah, I just, just sort of watched on in awe as it unfolded in, in real time. Yeah, I, you know me, I'm not the judgmental type, so I'm, I'm not going to wade in on a you know a bereaved member of the surfing family. But I thought 11-11, I thought that was a reference to, that's Armistice Day, isn't it? I thought maybe her nan was in at the Somme or Verdun <laughs> or, you know, even Gallipoli, or, you know, being an Aussie. But hey, I... I stand corrected. You've obviously done your research there. I'll just extend my uh, my condolences um, to to the family. Really, you know, grannies yeah. grannies die sometimes, and it's sad. And I know that you know I'm sort of quite fortunate that Derek and Audrey Evans they're still they're still going. They're well into their nineties now. They live not not far from you actually, Bundy. But you know, yeah, well. I- I'm out to Bali for another week on the pingers and see how they go. I'll tell you that for them. Um, I mean, I hope they, they carry on and live you know, the rest of their days in, in happiness and love. And But, you know, should, you know, when the inevitable t- does happen, you know, I'll, I'll see what kind of sort of contra deals I can do with, if I tag someone in a post and, you know, see if I can get a free tattoo or whatever it might be. One of those, um, or Balinese gowns. I mean, do you hire them or do you buy? Do you buy them? You know the things with the little headband. Or what? How does that work? Buddha, Buddha hires them out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think that's his little sideline. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. What a world, Mandy. What a world. So that's it for social media. Police has been disbanded. Chloe Fisher. She shut it down. Um, it's a bit like the uh, the REUC after the Good Friday Agreement. I guess everyone just sort of packed up their their stuff and got the next flight out of Belfast and went home. That's it. Your neck. Get your trousers on. It's quiz time, and we nominate topics, and the winner will get the chance to nominate a song to play out the show with. My topic is going to be the life and times of Damien Dummer, the Iceman Hardman. And my song that I choose, if I win, is the absolute classic, a banger of a dance floor album from the Irish kind of alternative, sort of late 80s, early 90s weirdos, the Sultans of Ping FC. And it is their absolute banger, Where's Me Jumper? I'm going to go... Much more contemporary, and but I'm gonna keep it Irish. Why not follow that theme? I'm gonna go the um, sort of Dublin punk sort of old punk band called the DC Fontaines, uh, who I saw recently, and we're gonna go with their song, which is called Liberty Bell. So, What's your topic? Yeah. Oh, my topic is uh, Nazareth. Mm, your friend and mine. You know it. I know it. I broadcast there. You broadcast there. It's Nazareth. It's your chosen topic. It's five of the best questions. I'm going to ask first. 
Ben Mundy, your five questions on Nazare start now. Toe surfing has become the big thing at Nazare, isn't it? Really? As well as paddle, but we were there for a toe event. Please name the first two surfers ever to tow at Nazare. I actually think maybe even a bodyboarder towed before them, but I want the first two surfers and it's half a point for each. I mean, the obvious answer is Garrett McNamara. Mm, I think it's, it's incorrect. Yes, he wasn't one. Um, I'm going to help you out here. One of them's a very famous Portuguese surfer. It wasn't that big. They towed it. It was like 10, 12 foot. Oh, really? Okay, well, I'm going to go um, Hugo Val. No. It's... Tiago Saka Pires and Jose Gregorio, first ones to tow it back in the 2000s. But they didn't tow it massive, but technically they're the first ones to tow it. Let's move on. Um, how deep is the Nazare Canyon? Oh, it's really deep, Paul. <laughs> um, I mean, it's yeah, deeper than most. Um, I think it would be it's about 5Ks deep, isn't it? That's from a depth of 5,001 metres. There you go, you're one, you're one metre out, Mandy. It's impressive. You're still going to give it to me, though. Yeah, you can have it. Yeah, you're fine. You got that. Okay. Um, you and I, having spent a bit of time there and met some of the charismatic kind of Portuguese crew that work on events down there, one of our mates, uh, Jimmy, has pointed out to us there's actually an adult film uh, themed around. Tell me the name of the adult movie and the name of the main character in it, Ben, that's based around the break. Um, the film is called The Nazare Canyon. Yes, it is. Correct. Um, oh, the name is... Because I heard Jimmy talk about this. It is... I don't know. It's something to do with Garrett McNamara's name, but, but I don't know what it is. Well, it's just called Garrett, so... Moving on, uh, fourth question. The mayor of Nazare, your friend of mine, the charismatic Walter Shikaro, he's the man behind putting money into the event, keeping surfing happening at Nazare. Um, a couple, well, last winter, not the one just gone, the one before, there was a something of a sort of a boozy celebration after the, the Nazare paddle challenge. A few drinks going down. We were sharing a drink at a hotel, a popular hotel bar with the mayor, Walter Shikaro. Someone asked, who'd had a few drinks, will there be, um, hey Walter, will there be cops? Do you reckon there'll be police around tonight? I guess someone was doing what we wouldn't recommend, which is drink driving that we would never do, but this person uh, was sort of suggesting that they might do that. What was Walter's reply? Um, his reply was, even though there might be police around, there wasn't much to worry about if Walter was in the car. Well, he said he actually said, "I own the police." So, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to give you a point for that or not. Um, okay, and last one, Mandy, you're going to like this, or are you? What is the name of the Indian restaurant in Nazare that you refused to go in this year, uh, the night before the Nazare Toe Challenge? Nazare. Uh, it's called Little India. <laughs> okay. 
Mm, not, not, I was hoping for better from you there. I, they weren't hard questions, I didn't think. Um, what are we looking well, at? Well, they weren't particularly well-researched and they were quite... A good range, good range. We had some bathymetry, we had some porn, we had something local politics, we had eating and drinking. I'm going to give you one and a half, one and a half, I think, out of five. Um, okay, over to you. Okay, the life and times of uh, Damien Dumahardman. Yes, please. Uh, where did Damien Hardman learn to surf? Um, let's say Narrabeen, Northern Beaches, Sydney, Australia. No, incorrect. He was actually from Worrywood, the next beach north. So I can't give you that, Paul. I've never even heard of it, but that's, this is bullshit. Worrywood. Just, just the next beach from Narrabeen. Never heard of it. Um, in 1988, Damon Harbin set a new world record, or new surfing record, sorry. Um, what was that record he set? He became the first male surfer to do something, put it that way. Uh, set a record what like obviously competing what did he yeah he got second didn't he in 88 um was it most I don't know most most heat wins <laughs> excuse me no he became the first male surfer to win seven events in one season um okay <laughs> that was later actually equaled by Tom Curran and Kelly Slater but at the time Okay, so you already got that wrong. You won the world title in 1988, but just I'll give you the half points here. Who did he beat uh, in the world title showdown, and what was the event where he beat him at to win the 1988 world title, his first? At- BL, Barton Lynch. That's incorrect. Mm. He beat Carrie Elberton. Yeah. And what was the event? For half a point? Um, was I, it Sydney? Yeah, I was going to say the obvious one was Pipe, but it wasn't. It's the Coke Classic. They finished the tour, didn't they, in, in the Coke Classic? Yeah, that's right. You've got your first half a point there, so that's good. Um, in the famous event, we've talked about this in prior podcasts, Paul, Paul but um, who did Hardman uh, eliminate with some on a priority technicality at an uh, Coke Classic in 1990. Tom Carroll, TC Carroll, another two-time world champ. That's correct. Oh, nail gun. And um, for the final final question. For the win. For Um, the win here. So we're on one and a half each. This is for the win. Can you name three of the events uh, where Damien Hartman was a contest director? Yes, please. Uh, The Rip Curl... Panish, Commerce Director, where I was working as the roaming reporter and we broke a record in finishing a then 44-man field in three days. We ran start to finish for three days. So, yeah, we're going to have Portugal, we're going to have Bells. I'm guessing these are all Rip Curl events, so let's go Bells, let's go Portugal... And I'm going to have a search event. Let's go with... What search event? Well, this, I mean, take your pick. The Rip Curl Pro Search CT. How about that? Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give 
the search events. Although I think it was Panacea search events. So well, it was, it, of... yeah. So that, but then it became a full-time fiction. He was Connie director on both. But yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll give you that. Okay, so I've, I've actually taken it out then with two and a half out of five. Yes, come on. I think that's going to wrap things up, Ben. We've got through a lot of material, a lot of content here. What's coming up next after your, your sort of white privilege indulging yourself ecocide ski trip? We've got some QS coming up, have we? Yeah, Paul, that's right. QS is the new CT. Um, we're heading down to Caparico in Lisbon and then back to back to straight up to Santa Cruz for a couple of 3,000, uh, kicking off the, properly the QS scene in, in Europe. So pretty excited. We've got a crack new team, haven't we? Me, you, Diego. Mallet's making his uh, commentary debut. We've got a so. we've got a professional commentary world debut for Jeff Mallet, French Ripper. He's a judge as well. Absolutely shreds. Can't wait to have him on the mic. Look forward to joining everyone online down there. We'll be recording the show from down there. But in the meantime, don't forget you can get in touch with us by dropping us a line. Send us a tweet at WavelengthMag. Send us an email, editor at WavelengthMag.com. I'm Paul Evans wrapping up the show. Reigning champ of the quiz with my Damien Hardman win. I'm saying enjoy yourselves. It's Lady the Think. And Monday is reminding you, as ever, get a dog right up, yes. Dancing in the disco bumper to bumper. Wait a minute. Where's me jumper? Where's me jumper? Where's me jumper? Where's me jumper? Go, go, go.